Hey Tim, how's it going? Uh, it's going fantastic. Fantastic. I was trying to think of something witty again, but uh, yeah, I just can't. I, I got no, I, my, my wittiness has fled. Yeah, it's so, all right. It's all right. We'll focus on liberty instead of wit today. I guess. I want to so, be funny though. I wanted to talk about the simplicity of liberty because, you know, as I've started to, you know, talk about my libertarian views with my circles, they've come at me and basically said that it's too simple. I clearly don't have the, you know, the depth of thought needed to think about political issues. You know, things can't just be solved in such an easy way. Whereas for me, it's actually the exact opposite. Like, I think this is so simple People are like, you know, the political scene is so complex now that people think it needs to be complex, but it's not actually the case. And what it actually makes me think of is, you know, the idea of in science, right, like the really magnificent principles and the mathematical equations are so simple always, right? We have these super complex physics systems, for lack of the proper term, and the answer is E equals MC squared or something simple. And, and I don't understand why people think when it comes to, you know, sociology or philosophy that it would need to be significantly more complex. So I'd love yeah. to kind of hear your initial thoughts and then I can dive in a bit deeper around some of the, you know, the issues I've had. Well, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, the heliocentric uh, model of of the solar system or something right they, they i mean people used to think used to have all these elaborate complex explanations for why how how the stars and and the, the heavenly bodies moved and um it was as simple as look maybe everything isn't orbiting around the earth uh, maybe the earth earth isn't the center of uh the universe um and maybe it's just a tiny pale blue dot in on some obscure galaxy in you know orbiting a, a star uh, that that is our sun right and so the simple explanation uh, explained that but but all these people were out of jobs because they they uh, they had all these elaborate mathematical models uh, complex models but it really came down to a principle of gravity and uh, you know, angular momentum or something like that. There was principles underlining these things that everything followed and you didn't need this elaborate explanation. And, you know, really, and, and the other way I look at it is this, like, yes, liberty is simple, but the, the, the problems that society or individuals are trying to solve are complex. They're mm -hmm. difficult to solve, right? And we're we're not proposing any solutions to those problems you know we're we're not it, we're we're like abolitionists in in days of yore that are just making the moral case that slavery is immoral oh it's not that simple we can't just let the slaves free well, who's going to pick the cotton how's the cotton going to get picked what about all these slaves what are we going to do with them they're going to run around and and uh, you know engage in crime and someone has to look after them like your your uh, idea is to simple well yeah <laughs> yeah i guess it's simple and we're not saying that that picking cotton is is uh is not complex like that and and we're not saying that you know integration into society isn't going to be a difficult thing what we're saying is 
you can't point guns at people. Like pointing guns at people is the most sim- simple, pro- simple solution you could ever imagine. Yeah. Um, you know, the, 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 these people, <laughs> philosophy could be summed up as pointing guns for a better tomorrow. That's, that's how simple <laughs> their, their philosophy is, right? Like we'll just point guns at things. It reminds me of that Homer Simpsons or that Simpsons episode where Homer gets a gun and he shoots it at everything, right? Like he shoots yeah. it at the cupboard to get plates out. He shoots it at the light <laughs> to turn the light switch off. Like it's just point guns and issue threats yeah. and shoot things. And then we'll have a better tomorrow. And that's their solution, really? That So how are you going to solve climate change by pointing guns? How are you going to solve uh, poverty by pointing guns? How are you going to solve all these things you claim to care about? Uh, by pointing guns and, and well, I so, think that's where their you know issue comes with me and with liberty values generally is that like the pointing guns people have layered so much on top of it right so they right. feel like unless I'm able to completely debate their like 10th step premise with my 10th step premise then there's no then I don't know what I'm talking about but I'm right. like no we can't even so I, I've actually decided I'm kind of done with politics in the short term because I need to focus on philosophy and these kinds of things because it is such a more underlying cause. And I'm saying, well, your fundamental principle is wrong. So any argument you can make is incorrect, right? The same way, like if someone's trying to talk to me about building uh, a plane, but they think that the earth is flat and there's no gravity, I don't care how complex their plane is. I'm not going to engage with them, right? But right. They, but it's hard for me, at least, to understand how to engage with these people talking about a, you know, a, a tenth degree item right. that they've that you know the world has spent fifty years <laughs> thinking about in the incorrect way. Um, yeah. How do I engage with these people when they're just dismissive of my simplicity? Yeah, it's it's difficult. You have to get down to the underlying assumption, and it kind of reminds me of you know. This example I, I thought of when I was thinking about what bu- was bugging me about uh, Maxime Bernier's climate policy, where he basically says, you know, uh, all the evidence is is suggesting that uh, there is no global warming or, or that it, there's a lot of controversy over uh, the, the consensus about global warming or something like that. And, and so we don't need government intervention. And so the underlying assumption there is that we do need government intervention mm. if if global warming is happening or something like that and and again the assumption there is incorrect as far as i can tell i mean it's it's like arguing about whether someone has um it, it's it's like saying okay this person does it's unclear whether he actually has influenza or not so we don't need to euthanize him right like <laughs> we're arguing with statists about euthanizing someone who has influenza like we're making the assumption that the best cure for influenza here is euthanizing him well (laughs) all libertarians are saying is whoa 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 let's just put the guns down let's put that needle down let's not euthanize the patient just yet like let's have a discussion here and think maybe yes this is a complex problem but is euthanizing the patient really going to solve euthanasia like or solve influenza um and we're saying that about every everything across the board, pretty much, when it comes to uh, problems we're, we're facing as a society. And uh, and these guys keep talking about this these extreme measures that need to be taken. 
um, and, and saying that we we just don't understand. And yes, obviously the guy has influenza, right? And and it bugs me when when libertarians and uh, conservatives, you know, argue about whether the person has influenza or not, as if that's the key key thing that matters. No, it matters that the solutions being called for are insane. They're insane, they're extreme, and they're extremely simple, right? So these people are having complex arguments, getting into the science of influenza, and and uh, and everyone's just assuming, well, if the person does have influenza, well, we just, euthana euthanasia is obviously the correct answer to solving this problem. No, it's not. And, and yeah. I'm focused on the insane uh, solutions and assumptions uh, rather than the complexity of the problem, right? Yeah. And and for me, like it, it has become it had come about quite naturally, these these conclusions of liberty, right? Like I actually commented to someone that they think that I've just been like indoctrinated by libertarian uh, writings and stuff. But right. really, I've read almost nothing, right? Like, yeah. so I said, I'm actually less informed than the, the little information they think I have, because I've actually come about these principles from a very like first principles approach of my myself right yeah but it's well interesting. It, 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 oh god it, it sorry i was gonna say it, it just it reminds me of you know someone from my church i remember going through this when when i uh when i essentially became an atheist or when i lost my faith in in uh you know a deity or whatever i i remember hearing from everyone around me that, oh, you've been indoctrinated by atheists or something like that. Well, no, the reality is everyone in my church and myself included was indoctrinated into a yeah. belief system. I mean, it's not like all, all these stories about uh, Adam and Eve are just self-evident out there in nature for us to discover when we were born and we're automatically going to come to those assumptions based on... Yeah. Yeah, you know that like that is a is an elaborate story that has been concocted that we have just taken on faith and taken as uh, assumed to be the true world view uh, based on what people around us have indoctrinated us into what yeah. you know consciously or unconsciously. So could it be? Could it just possibly be that your friends are the ones that have been indoctrinated? That well, maybe they've gone to public school? That maybe they've grown up in the culture we've grown up in? That maybe all these. Uh, assumptions that undergird their their view of the world uh were put were not derived from first principles through a, a clear thinking process and or epistemology or syllogism that maybe they they just um are accepting as gospel truth uh articles of faith that that people have planted in their head that the culture is planted in their head or something and that maybe you are simply poking your head up going hey these assumptions are kind of bullshit. Like, yeah. guys, don't you see this? Well, that's exactly it. It's like I'm in a room of 100 people saying something different, and the 99 of them are yelling at me that I'm indoctrinated. Like, it's right. it's so bizarre, right? It's otherworldly. Um, and it's really interesting that, like, with any of my peers, if they're willing to sit and chat with me for... I'm pretty good at explaining myself, and, and like, I've come to all of these conclusions quite naturally and from first principles. So if any anyone who's engaged with me like directly for and we just talk about it for, you know, an hour or two, I can disprove most of their underlying principles because they've never even thought about them. Right? right. Um and it's and it's I'm not even blatant about it. It just kind of naturally happens. And I can see the like, what is it, the cognitive dissonance 
in sure. like on their face because um, it, it really just doesn't make sense. Um, but it's just so bizarre in the meantime. And what one thing that I'm just really fascinated by with now generally is like the idea of individual versus collective consciousness, let's say. Um, and so like, cause really I feel like the principles, I came to the principles of liberty we talked about in another episode through like mental health first principles of how do I live a good life. And I really just saw that as extrapolated. Um, but I'm kind of interested now in about how if we do have a free society and like society itself will be more mentally well, if people are not forced to do things and we as a people are not forced to do things based on one thing or another. And that is also paralleled with kind of like the laws of gravity. An atom follows the same laws of gravity as a planet, right? And so like there are parallels in terms of just how, you know, why wouldn't the things that would make you happy make society happy, right? Right. Like you, and, and it's the same with like principles of, you know, what is someone willing to do to themselves or to others in terms of, um, anything really like they're not willing to force people to do things they're not willing to point that gun that's right and i even you know a lot of my peers because a lot of these young left-wing people are you know mindful spiritual people they're the altruists they're all these things and i'm like well you can't imagine someone's depressed you can't force them to be happy no matter what you right. tell them they're not going to all of a sudden be happy right you just have to like be there as a support but they think that well, I can't do that with happiness, but I can do that with recycling or not using plastics. I can force them and they'll really understand it eventually, <laughs> or it's, it's just going to be fine regardless. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally hear you. You know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, you're absolutely right about kind of the collective mental health and, and, you know, what serves the individual best serves society at large, because what is society except a group, uh, a collection of individuals, right. Mm -hmm. All, uh, in relationship to each other. Right. And, and so, um, it, you know, the, the, uh, the, the underlying premise that people have is if the underlying premise is kind of insane, then society's going to be insane. Right. Like I, yeah. I think about that people, I can get along great with Christians. Like I, I have a special heart. I used, I used to have be like an anti-theist. I was coming out of uh, a belief system that I felt harmed me and I really wanted to strike back and I was a bit of an idiot. Um, and, and I've come to appreciate that actually, you know, Christianity in a roundabout way, uh, probably without that, we wouldn't have libertarianism. You know, the idea that the individual is sacred, that they can mm -hmm. choose salvation, heaven or hell, like all these kind of meta stories undergird the philosophy of liberty, even if we kind of disabuse the, the superstitious part of it. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> the people that drive me the craziest are are people I call statheists, right? They're, they're atheists. And I'm sure many of your progressive friends w w are probably atheists. Yeah. Um, but yet when you ask them, well, <clears throat> you wouldn't point your gun at someone and force them to do that. Where do you think the people in government get that right to do that from? Oh, yeah. they get it from the, from the state, obviously. So, so let me get this straight. They get their, their special powers, their magic from a non-corporeal, non-existent entity called the state is that what you're telling me uh so you know they've, they've simply replaced one god with another god um yeah. 
and, and you know, there's no evidence that the state exists. It's a mental construct, uh, just like God is a mental construct. Um, maybe it's helpful. I am very skeptical that it's helpful. Um, there's definitely some harmful side effects to it. Like the the idea that this non-corporeal magic entity can give people the power or the magic right to use guns and force people to do things. Um, so that's another thing that these people have a very difficult time explaining. Uh, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's more complex than that. It's, you know, social contract or something like that. Okay. Well, where is this social contract? They come in, they, they engage in this elaborate theology, right? About how it is that government can have these rights that we as individuals don't have. And, um, it's essentially the modern day version of the divine right of Kings where God bestows upon on the ruler, his yeah. right to rule. He can do what he wants in his kingdom, while the government can do what they want in their kingdom because democracy, because a social contract, because, um, you know, 50% plus one say it's okay. Uh, and they they can't argue that, you know, you can't, you know, like 50 plus one can't agree to rape you. Or is that right? Well, of course not. Well, okay, well, where where's the line then like how do yeah. you determine and it's just basically a gut feeling i just have a feeling i can feel it it's like I'm, and this is i've seen this in every church i've gone to right uh the more faithful the church the more feeling the more empathetic the people in the church the it, it's almost like more the more crazy their beliefs become about yeah. what they can justify listeners of this podcast get a risk-free two-week trial with Chad Kirkham at the Warrior Path. Check it out, guys. I was coming off a stint in management uh, when I signed up for the Warrior Path, and I was pretty soft. I'm not going to lie to you, David. <laughs> I was uh, out of shape. I was huffing, and I had to come back to the floor, kick in doors, hump hose, fight fire, and I needed to get into shape. And Chad Kirkham at the Warrior Path definitely got me into shape. Uh, you know, I've, I've never felt better, to be honest. And he had an app that tracked the progress. I sent videos to him. Uh, it, was, it was a really slick application, actually. I, I would send videos. He'd correct my form, send me little tips and, and videos. And, uh, and whenever, whenever I needed, he was available. And I'll tell you, I, I put on, I think, about 50% on all my personal records in about a two-month period. Uh, working with the warrior path. Well, and like those, the, there's two fundamental like assumptions that people can't outline for me, right? And 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 they just think it's too simple to worry about or something. One, where is the line of what rights you can infringe upon, right? If if okay, n- let's use plastic for example, right? You can force people to not use plastic, okay? But so tell me, what is the line, right? Is it, you, you know, as the extreme example, rape? Can we force people to rape? I mean, states have done that in the past. Um, and, and like, but they, they can't outline a line because they don't have that ability. And, and it is just moral subjectivism then. Well, I think the line could be this and you think the line could be this. And then the other assumption is actually, you know, it's contrary to the liberty principles because you talk about, okay, well, if you had your household, you probably wouldn't use force to enforce things. Most people wouldn't, right? And maybe in your immediate community and in your friend group, everyone helps each other because it's good and, and no one's forced to do that. 
But at what point do the, does the group become so big that it's other people and now force is allowed? They can't outline that either. At what point right. that, that this this group of individuals becomes an, a, a collective that can force each other to do things? They can't outline either of those. And I want to circle back to the, the overall problem is that, you know, the the Petri dish or the, you know, the the society we've been living in for a hundred years or whatever is based on these false assumptions. So when we're saying that, you know, liberty needs to be reset and we need to change this basic first principle, they're they're asking for the final solutions. And it's like, well, you've had th th this one side has had a hundred years to in practice try and figure out solutions. Nothing's right. really been working that well. Um, yeah, yeah. But then they're expecting us to be able to sit in a room and solve all of the problems immediately, right? Yeah. And well, I mean, that's what you simple. and I are starting it's, to do. Yeah. The answer is simple. It's slavery, right? I mean, yeah, it's like, again, they want you to tell you how the cotton is going to get picked without slavery, right? And and you you could try to say something like, well, you know, 100 50 years in the future, there's going to be uh, mechanized harvesters that uh, spit T-shirts out the back. We won't even need uh, we, we won't even need laborers in the field. Well, yeah. would have, they would have looked at you like you're crazy. But yet, if you just stop pointing guns at people, uh, entrepreneurs start unleashing their creativity. Like government doesn't need to solve this problem. Like you don't need to solve this problem. You're not. And they continually use the word we, like we need to solve this. Well, when you say the word we, what you really mean is people other than yourself, yeah. uh, right? The so-called experts. Well, those experts solve the problem without anyone pointing guns at them. So, um, yeah, it, it's uh, it, I, I can I can feel your frustration. Yeah, I can feel your frustration. And the last thing I want to add, because it was just like quite a funny, blatant example. You know, I, I was talking on Facebook with someone who very clearly was an avowed authoritarian that like, no, we have to force people to do things. Um, and by we, did he mean uh, the, him? Not him. He's oh, not going oh, so to. People other society than needs right? to force other yeah. people in society to do things. I see, and, and, right. And, yeah, and, and yeah, take, take aside, you know, all of the other issues with it, um, you know, He's saying that the state of the world is so bad and he's traveled and he saw the state of the world is bad. And then I replied with a, like stats of actually the world has been getting better quicker than ever before. And we're in actually great shape. And right. his response was, I, I need to get out of my privilege. I can't make my worldview based on stats. He's seen it. He's seen in other countries that there are poor people. And uh, I tried yes. to point out to him. That that is the exact same argument that climate deniers make. Well, there's no climate change because I've seen snow. And he's right. like, well, there's no progress because I've seen poor people. And I tried <laughs> right. to point that out and and he didn't have a response. He just, oh, oh, you're so deep, David, was like they're right. just dismissive because as soon as you actually get them to a point of challenging their fundamental premise, they, they just have no response anymore. And then they claim that we're simple. Right. It's right, just right. quite frustrating. Yeah, and, and, I, and I mean, it's it's a, I find it a very arrogant mindset, too. Right. Like you, you're kind of floating through this world, looking at all these people beneath your station and thinking, huh, I, I feel so much empathy and compassion for them. We, we need to solve this. And so I'm going to vote 
vote this problem away. I'm just going to yeah. vote for the right progressive policies and then the, this, this problem will be solved and I'll feel so much better about myself. Um, you know, the, the, and, and this is like, I find the racism and condescension on the left to be worse than the blatant racism I see on the right. Like at least yeah. the right wing people are just nakedly honest about their racism mm-hmm. on the left. I find it, it to be, um, you know, like a racist on the right sees a brown person and says, got to keep that person away, got to separate them, got to keep them out of my borders. The person on the left sees a brown person and says, oh, this is this is a pitiful little child that needs my compassion and me to raise them up. I find that equally or even more disgusting than than the racism on the right, to be yeah. quite honest, uh, because it's it's completely blind racism, right? It's it's like. Um, you know, at least the racist knows he's racist. He owns yeah. it, right? But these people will deny that they're even, you know, and, and that's the kind of mindset I see with this guy traveling around the world, passing judgment on these lowly forms that need his brain and his compassion and his rule to lift them out of poverty. He's not mm. going to lift a goddamn finger. He's not going to get down in the dirt with these people and, and uh, have a heart to heart with them and, and give them any of his possessions or help them find you know meaningful employment or or bring you know bring them over as a refugee and have them live at his house for two years as they integrate into society no he's he's gonna gonna vote for someone who he (laughs) thinks will do that for him exactly by force (laughs) yeah so so what are what is your answer to the question of you know why are we so simple-minded you and me uh we're not yeah i mean that's a good question i i think that we are um we're, we're just skeptics right like we we have recognized or at least in my case i've recognized that that everything i believe from soup to nuts has been put in there by culture it's been put in there by people around me and what i've tried to do is think clearly about the underlying assumptions in, in these narratives that we're told, try to think from first principles, try to, to align my beliefs with reality. Um, and, and, you know, that's a very difficult process and most people haven't gone through it. And most people don't want to go through it because it reveals some painful things. And, and when it comes to, uh, when it, comes to the government you know I, I think that a lot of our feelings and our projections about the government have a lot to do with our uh, our family uh, experience our experience in our own families and especially our experience as children right we, we the government kind of replaces our parents and we either want a, a mom or a dad uh, to, to rule over us and solve our problems and that gives us some comfort right and and this probably comes from you know, adverse child experience or just our experience of the family. And, and so it's, it's, and, and so I am not as frustrated as I used to be with people that like the ones you're describing, uh, you know, usually when I, I see people using that kind of language and pushing back, I understand it's not, this isn't a rational um, argument. This isn't a rational discussion. This is a projection of of um, their childhood or their family or something like that. That's kind of how I have come to view it. Yeah. And I think the thing that kind of makes me laugh at that a little bit 
is the same tone that they use to describe the lowly masses that need to be forced into doing what's right for them. That's kind of the way I view these people as well, that they've just like they don't know any better. They've just been sure. indoctrinated. But then like their their dismissiveness of the lower class is altruistic. My dismissive my dismissiveness of them. I'm an egotistical jerk. Right? right. And so there's that very clear disconnect. Anyone, you know, anyone who thinks low of me, well, they think low of people. They're awful. But I can think low of other people. Yeah. Not that I actually think low of them, right? But that's the like mindset it seems to that seems to, you know, permeate. It's it's difficult too because you know the, these belief systems like disabusing yourself of them have serious consequences in your in your personal life. Oh uh, yeah. Right. And it, 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 I mean, I went through a depression, right? Like cuz these are fundamental things that are root my identity was rooted to, right? Like in in some very core ways. Yeah, I went through a year of, of hell or more, and I could see it coming. I knew unconsciously, and then as I approached it more consciously, that this was going to have serious ramifications for everyone in my life that I love, for everyone who cares about me, for, you know, and, and it cut me off from my support system, from, you know, it, and it's tough, like, fo trying to follow the truth and, and align your beliefs with the, with the truth. Um, mm -hmm. because you know, it's, uh, it runs counter, it, it runs counter to the very fabric of your family, of your friends, of, of the culture at large, and it puts you on the outside and it's not a fun place to be. And, and so I think people unconsciously recoil at what it would mean to them personally to give you any credibility, right. To give your, yeah. your ideas, any credibility. And so it's easy to dismiss them as, oh, it's too simple or, oh, that's not going to work or like, oh, you're just a, a simpleton, David. Like th that it's much easier to put slap a label on you and dismiss you than to take anything to, to think seriously about what you're saying, because the, the personal ra <laughs> personal ramifications are pretty serious about this. And I think people understand that on an unconscious level that if they even just with their friend group, like, OK, you're with the, all these progressives, right? And you all feel good about yourself and you feel mm. like you're compassionate people and you, you feel and you like realize oh, you're... none of you have done anything for the world ever. <laughs> right. And then all of a sudden this guy comes along and he's throwing, like he's throwing rocks at your glass house and you're like, get, the, get out of here. Like, dismiss <laughs> this guy. I, I, he's crazy. He's look at this crazy man. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's very, you know, so I, I, I so I, again, I, I, I try to have some, empathy for these people and try to understand that that they're in a difficult position that this is an emotionally difficult to have these conversations that there's all these unconscious forces um that are speaking on their behalf essentially and and that there are real consequences so so i, I try to you know i used to be very militant and kind of yeah. pug pugilistic when i got into conversation i still am like i still dip into that it's still fun i've still it's mm -hmm. not it's not a good strategy though if, if your goal no. is to try to persuade people and it's the shift culture then we have to meet people where they're at we have to understand um what their experience of the conversation is we ha they have to feel supported they have to feel heard you know there, there's all these things and it's very difficult to do on social media so yeah uh, you know i commend you for trying you know i, I kind of subscribe to the idea of 
um, you know, you, you drop your idea onto social media and then you just kind of walk away. And every now and then, you know, you look at the comments, but you'll find most of the comments are, are not people looking to have a constructive conversation. They're either looking to dismiss you or make their point and that's final yeah. and they're all caps. And, but then every now and then you'll find someone who has a genuinely curious question. Okay. And those are the people I, I focus on. Those are the ones I zero in on and I try to provide them. Uh, an answer. Those those are the true seekers yeah. in there. Everyone else is just making noise and is just uh, putting up defenses and reinforcing their their beliefs. But sometimes and you can people, kind of tell pretty quickly based on yeah. the tone of their message or comment or whatever. Right. And and so you know I I do this when I do talks with libertarian groups uh, across North America. Um, you know I, I focus on communication strategies and triaging. Right. You know, I, I bring my experience as a firefighter into this. There are just some people that even though they have a pulse, uh, you have to tag them as black. In other words, they're unsalvageable. Right. And because if you focus all your energy on trying to salvage the unsalvageable uh, people that are yellows, that that could use a little bit of intervention and be fine, they're going to get ignored and they're going to deteriorate. Right. And so. Yeah. So, you know, we need to focus on, I think, um, areas where where we can actually make a difference and and there are signs of like again curiosity genuine curiosity from someone is a good sign that that's a person that i can connect with and we can have a good conversation mm -hmm. cool well this was libertarian therapy with tim owen yeah <laughs> so thanks i appreciate uh being able to chat about this we need to get couches so that we can kind of lay out <laughs> <laughs>